Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring a chapter from A Dangerous Secret, written by Peter Martin. A secret hidden for 40 years is about to come out. The man at the center of this secret discovers from his dying adoptive mother that he has a family he knew nothing about. With nothing to go on, he is determined to find them, whatever the cost. However, the more he learns, the more dangerous his quest becomes. But when he finds out the truth, it is so shocking and scandalous, it may well cost him his life and the lives of his family. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from A Dangerous Secret. Chapter 3 It's incredible, Gary said finally. Delia didn't answer, just stared at the piece of paper, then shook her head before glancing up at him, her mouth gaping open. Why she didn't sell the shares before now, we'll never know, but they're dated some forty-odd years ago, the solicitor stated. This is amazing, Delia whispered with a slight smile. I'll say, something's going on here. Where on earth did she, will they, get the money from to buy such shares? And why invest in American companies? That's something we can only speculate about, Mr. Flynn. They were deposited with us for safekeeping many years ago, and, as I've already said, they are in large, successful American companies. Right then, I've given you a rough outline of what your mother's estate will total... So if it's all right with you, I'll write to the banks, etc., and work towards applying for probate. I realise there's a lot on your mind at present, but do you think you'll sell the shares or get them transferred into your name? Gary looked at him blankly. Well, give it some thought and let me know, the solicitor said. Gary nodded silently. Back outside, Gary still seemed to be lost for words. He smiled briefly at Delia. She eased into his arms and hugged him. He felt some of the tension slip from his shoulders, and his words finally found an escape. Delia, I used to dream of having this much money, but, as you know, that's all it was, a dream. Are you going on a mad spending spree, darling? He laughed, shaking his head. I don't know what I'm going to do just yet. Just imagine, a few weeks ago I was out of a job, and now I've got more money than I ever dreamed possible. Crazy, isn't it? They held hands as they walked back to the car. It seems there's a lot we don't know about your mum, Delia ventured. I know, and I can't help feeling hurt by it. Why have any secrets from me? It's as if my parents bought the shares and forgot about them, but why? Mum's last words were about how she only wanted me, nothing else, and nothing about money. Delia shook her head, looking a little concerned. It makes you wonder if... She stopped short as they reached the car. Gary paused, clasping and unclasping his hand around the car key. What? What makes you wonder? he asked. If they're connected, you know, the shares being dated some forty years ago, and, well, you... 
So, you're beginning to believe there's something in this adoption business, too? I didn't say that. I just wondered, like... Hmm, was his only reply. Delia slid into the passenger seat and Gary shut the door firmly behind her. The journey home was mainly silent, but there was a decidedly steely look of determination on Gary's face as he drove, and Delia was conscious that her husband had more than just some company shares on his mind. This latest turn of events played on Gary's mind and robbed him of his sleep. No matter how he tried, his thoughts rested on the belief that the two revelations were connected. Confident he had the answer, he decided to discuss the matter with Delia. He chose an ordinary Tuesday night, just a few days after their visit to the solicitor, while they were relaxing in front of the television. "'Darling, this thing with my mum about being adopted.' "'Oh, Gary, please, this is becoming an obsession. "'You'll end up disappointed and hurt, that's for sure. "'Maybe, but I can't stop now. "'That birth certificate of mine has to be a fake. "'Looks real enough to me. "'Possibly, but if you've got money, you can do anything. "'Forging a birth certificate would be easy. "'Yes, but how do you prove it? "'I'm not sure about that yet, but listen, I've had an idea.' Why don't I apply for a copy of my birth certificate? If it's the same as the one I've got, then fine. But if it's different, or there's no record of it, then it proves I was adopted. Good idea. It doesn't cost much, so I suppose it's worth a try. Gary couldn't wait to get on his computer to access a site that listed all the births, marriages, and deaths in the country. He typed in his full name, Gary Edward Flynn, born in Rochdale, Lancashire. But when he pressed search, he forgot to select the births only option. The results appeared almost instantly. There were lots of near matches, but there was one definite match for his birth year, and also one in the deaths section. What's this? he asked, springing up from his desk chair to shout to Delia. I've got my birth here, and there's a death, and it's exactly the same name in the same area. "'It's a coincidence, Gary. There must be lots of people with the same name as you. "'Too much of a coincidence as far as I'm concerned. "'I'm ordering copies of both these certificates. Then we'll see. "'It may not prove anything, or it may solve everything.' "'He pressed order on the screen. "'That's it, then. Done. It'll take about a week for the copies to arrive.' "'I can't wait to see what they say,' Delia said. A few days later, Delia came into the kitchen and handed Gary the post, pointing to the envelope marked General Register Office. "'It looks like the certificates have arrived,' she said. "'Oh, great. Let's have a look at what they say.' Gary was trying to be calm about it, but he couldn't hide the slight tremble in his hands as he felt the weight of the envelope in his palm. With Delia sitting next to him, he slit open the envelope with his finger, his heart fluttering in anticipation. Delia watched him eagerly. The red birth certificate came out first, and for a few seconds after reading it, they didn't speak. Finally, Gary asked, "'So, what do you make of it?' "'Not a lot,' said Delia. "'It's the same as the certificate you've already got.' And she read, "'Gary Edward Flynn?' Parents Doris Flynn and Daniel Flynn, 6 Regents Crescent, Rochdale, born 5th July 1960. It proves you weren't adopted. Gary frowned. I suppose so, and part of me is relieved. So where did that adoption nonsense come from? I don't know, but what about the death certificate? That must be someone else with the same name. 
Maybe. Let's see. He spread out the death certificate on the table. To his astonishment, the name was the same, Gary Edward Flynn. The details continued. Age one month. Date of death, 4th August 1960. Cause of death, respiratory problems. The biggest shock came when he read the address. Six Regents Crescent, Rochdale. Unbelievable! Wow, this means... The certificate fell limp in his hand as he stared at it. I'm supposed to be dead, he concluded with a dry swallow. But you're not dead. This doesn't make sense. Yes, but it's there in black and white. I told you there was something funny going on. I'm not the original Gary Edward Flynn. So I must have been adopted later, and for reasons unknown they used the same name, the name of their dead child. But why would they do that, Delia? Who am I? Delia shook her head. I don't suppose it was hard to adopt a child then, but knowing Mum and Dad, they must have been absolutely devastated and decided to use the name of their own dead baby. We don't know the circumstances, Gary. I don't like this. What if they kidnapped me? Oh, my God! We shouldn't meddle in this any longer, Delia advised. You might find out something you wish you hadn't. Wouldn't you rather remember them as the loving parents they were? Let's just enjoy the money and leave the rest alone. No way. They deceived me. I've got a real family out there, a family I never knew existed. What were the circumstances that led to them giving me up? I've got to find out. I want to know what happened. And what about the money your parents came into to buy those shares? You seem to have forgotten about that. No, I haven't. But like you've already said, the two things may be connected. Surely you'd do the same in my position. I suppose I would. She gave him a smile, which he returned, and they leaned in for a gentle kiss. Delia clutched her husband's hand. She felt so close to him, and he to her. As he planned his next move, Gary thought back to his childhood, but his recollections were very vague, leaving him little to work with. The next night, snuggling up close to Delia in bed, a memory found its way into his consciousness. Clearing his throat, he began, "'I've been racking my brains over my mum and the adoption.' She squeezed his arm and propped herself up on the pillows. "'What about it?' she yawned. "'I've been trying to remember anything odd that happened when I was a kid. I was getting nowhere when suddenly it came to me. The photograph albums!' "'What clue could there be in the photograph albums?' "'That's just it. I can only remember seeing photographs of me from about three or four years of age. I've no idea whether I had fair hair, or for that matter any hair as a baby. Mum always told me those early photograph albums had been lost when we moved house. But were they telling me the truth? Was their explanation just a ploy to put me off the scent?' "'So you're saying they never had any photographs of you before the age of three? "'I am. They wouldn't lose something as precious as that. "'And another thing, why wait that long to adopt me? "'That's what's getting me. "'I see the way your mind's working, so perhaps that's the age they did adopt you. "'What about your mum and dad's families? "'I know there's been no contact for some time, and I haven't met any of them, "'but surely one of them could tell us something.' You should ask them. I've already thought about that, but it won't be easy. Both of them came from up north, Rochdale area, I think. They moved down here when I was four because of my dad's job. 
Dad said that because of the distance involved and a family upset, eventually he lost touch with everyone. Surely it wouldn't be that difficult to find them, would it? Maybe not, but a lot has happened since then. We're talking about forty years ago here. Yes, but it's worth a try. Think back. How many brothers and sisters did they both have? Let me see now. My mum didn't have any, and her mum and dad died a long time ago, before I was born. There was a brother and sister on my dad's side, although his parents also died a while back. But I remember my grandmother's funeral taking place when I was around about twelve or so. She'd been widowed for a number of years then. I didn't think much of it at the time, but everyone seemed shocked when they found out Mum and Dad had me. Since then, it's always puzzled me, to be honest, but I put it down to the fact they'd fallen out and old contact had been lost. There must be more to it than that. So, how about names, Gary? Do you have any idea? He tried hard to remember. They were on the tip of his tongue. Then the names popped into his head. The brother's name was Alan, and the sister Claire, and I assume they lived somewhere in Rochdale. That's something, anyway. So now we have their names, Alan Flynn and Claire Flynn, although if she's married her last name will be different. Let's search for Flynn on the internet and see what comes up for the Rochdale area. Deal, has anybody ever told you you're a bloody marvel? He kissed the top of her head. A woman of many talents, me, she laughed, shaking back her long, dark hair. With Delia sitting next to him, he typed in the details. The search came up with a list of close matches. All of them had addresses and phone numbers next to them. Ring these numbers and you just might strike lucky. Gary breathed out, not relishing the task at hand, but if he found the one he was looking for, it would be worth it. The following night he sat down with the phone. He'd thought of little else all day while he'd been at work, and had rehearsed exactly what he'd say to each Flynn he spoke to. He meticulously worked through all the A Flynns on his list. The clock on the mantelpiece struck 8.30. It had taken him the best part of two hours. Well, he'd carry on for another fifteen minutes, then call it a day. He tapped in another number. The phone was picked up straight away, and an uninterested-sounding voice said, "'Hello?' "'Is that Mr. Flynn?' Gary inquired politely. "'Yes, it is. Who's that?' "'My name's Gary Flynn. Sorry to trouble you, but I think we might be related. "'Is your first name Alan, and do you have a brother called Daniel and a sister called Claire?' "'The line went quiet for a few seconds, and Gary half expected the phone to be slammed down. "'But when the reply came, it was in a light-hearted tone of voice. "'Funny you should ask that, but yes, my first name is Alan, and I do have an elder brother named Daniel, although we lost touch many years ago.' Gary's heart began to beat faster. "'And what about a sister Claire?' "'Yes, I do,' the man said, laughing. "'Well, this is a surprise.' "'Mr. Flynn, I can't believe you said that. I happen to think you're my uncle.' I'm ringing because I'm trying to trace my mum and dad's family. My mum, Doris, died just a few weeks ago, and my dad, your brother, died three years ago. Daniel dead, you say? My God, I had no idea. And Doris, too? That's very sad. Your dad and I were really close once, when we were kids. I never did understand why they didn't keep in touch after they moved.' "'It's a mystery to me as well. 
Since Mum died, I decided to try to find any other members of the family still alive. With all Mum's side long gone, you and your sister are the only ones I can contact. I'd love to talk to you about Dad. I wonder, could I come up to see you? You're more than welcome any time, Gary. Why, I remember you at your grandmother's funeral, the nephew we never knew we had and who we never saw again afterwards. It would be good to meet up with you again. Fantastic. When can we come? Next Sunday afternoon would be good if you could make it. Perfect. Is your house easy to find? Got a piece of paper and a pen handy? Gary wrote down the directions quickly, and once they'd said goodbye, he put the phone down. A huge grin was implanted on his face. Yes! He punched his fist into the air, and Delia, obviously twigging what had transpired, looked up from the book she was reading, saying, I take it you found him. You bet I have, but I mustn't get carried away. Alan may not know much, but he'll be able to fill me in up to the point Mum and Dad moved away. From what he's just said, neither he nor any of the other relatives knew I existed until my grandmother's funeral. That's rather strange, don't you think? Why wouldn't the rest of the family know about me? Mum and Dad would have told them, surely. It's almost as if they were ashamed of me. And the other strange thing he said was, he didn't understand why Mum and Dad hadn't kept in touch when they moved away. Well, I was always led to believe that had a big bust-up. What can I say? Maybe he can shed some light on quite a few things. Fingers crossed. Gary had been on tenterhooks since his conversation with Alan, and now the day had arrived for them to meet. He wanted to get there as soon as possible, so they started out early. It was unusually cold for late October. They stopped once for lunch on the way and arrived in Rochdale at one o'clock. From there, Trinity Road wasn't hard to find. Number 24 was situated in the middle of a row of terraced houses, none of which had any front garden. Both sides of the road were lined with cars, so Gary had to park some distance away. Now, in front of Alan's door, he felt uneasy, anxious over what would come of their visit. But they were here now, and could only hope Alan might be able to shed some light on the matter. They both stood silently on the footpath, taking in their surroundings. The house looked ordinary, much the same as the others on the street. Gary guessed most of them were pre-war, or even earlier. An old blue Ford Escort was parked on the curb, and the discoloured lace curtains at the windows had seen better days, giving the impression the occupants had found it hard to make ends meet. It brought it home to Gary just how fortunate he and Delia were, and that his parents had enabled him to live a relatively privileged life. Gary almost felt guilty about intruding. He took in a deep breath and pressed the doorbell. A dog started to bark, a large one by the sound of it. They waited patiently until at last the key turned in the lock and the door squeaked open. We hope you enjoyed listening to this sample chapter from A Dangerous Secret. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.